Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by HipstersOfTheCoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at Patreon.com slash Leaving a Legacy. Magic is power. Welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick. I am your Legacy newbie. With me this week, as always, Mr. Jerry Me. What's up, Jerry? What's going on, dude? Not much, Pat. Living the dream. Dude, yes. It's a beautiful day out today. It was a beautiful day outside. It was great because I locked myself out of my apartment today, so I was forced to spend a lot of time outside. <laughs> <laughs> Were you used to it? Where you're like, what is this giant flaming ball in the sky? Yeah, yeah, there's this really bright thing in the sky that it hurts to look at, and it, it starts to like cook my skin when I stand out so, in it too long. I, I'm currently reading uh, Fellowship of the Ring, and I just imagine you as Gollum in the sunlight. That's <laughs> what like, I just no. think of. <laughs> it burns! It burns! Birds. Yeah, I had to I had to crawl underneath my porch, you know, to get out of this hot sun. <laughs> <laughs> slide oh, slide back into the nether. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a lot to talk about, uh, but first, I want to hear what you've been up to this this past week. Uh, did you play any Legacy? Yeah, I'm still rocking the Ninja Fairies deck. Um, How's that going? You five o any uh, any leagues yet? No five o's. Uh, it's I keep running into like that one deck that just stomps me. Like mm-hmm. Ninja Fairies, a lot of fun, but every once in a while you just run into a deck and you're just like, I am not going to win this game. Mm, yeah, <laughs> they just have like a wall of creatures and just they. Uh, goblins is very difficult. It's very difficult mm-hmm. to get through the wall of goblins. Um, but the deck's still a lot of fun. I'm, I'm trying a lot of different stuff out. Um, I got introduced. There's, I can't believe the list, the original list wasn't running this, but there's this creature. It's one in a black for a one, one unblockable. Uh, and it's a shapeshifter. It's a changeling. So it's every creature type. So it's a ninja. Yeah, exactly. So it's a ninja. Also, it's a fairy. So for spell stutter sprite, right? It counts for fairies. I'm like, this card is perfect. Why was this not in the deck in the first place? That's awesome. Um, So that's been a lot of fun because it's great because it's unblockable. So you get to ninjutsu in with it really easily. Yeah. And also late game, it's an unblockable ninja itself. So sometimes you get into like this board stall where you've already ninjutsued your ninjas out, Mm -hmm. and your opponent has creatures to block. So you can't really get your triggers, but with this guy, because he's unblockable, even though he's only getting in there for one, he's still triggering all the ninjutsu abilities. Which is what's, which is what's actually important, right? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. he's he's been a big upgrade to the deck. Nice. Um, I replaced Ornithopter with him. I guess some people were playing Ornithopter because it's free, but I just feel like he's just so versatile. I can't imagine why people don't play him. Well, it, so... Just to uh, paint with a very broad brush here, I assume the Ninja's deck is kind of, you know, it's 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 not like a, a tier deck where there's going to be hundreds of or dozens of like high level players working on it. Yeah, that's so there's true. probably a lot of room for improvement, you know. Yeah, there's definitely probably a lot of inefficiencies. Um, the removal suite just still like I'm just looking for something else. Right now, I'm running three Fatal Push one. Uh, murderous cut in uh, the main, and then mm-hmm. another murderous cut in the sideboard, and it like. It just doesn't feel right. I don't know how to make it right, but it just doesn't feel right as is. What about something like um, Vapor Snag, just for like tempo advantage? 
Yeah, I've thought about that because uh, actually the Dark Depths decks are actually a pretty difficult uh, matchup mm-hmm. because basically once they get Merit Lage, there's nothing you can really do. Right. Um, so like maybe a Vapor Snag um, and just like getting that tempo because Vapor Snag is probably better in the Fairies deck than your average deck just because like you're okay with buying an extra turn because not only are you swinging in for you know three four damage you're also drawing two or three cards exactly yeah yeah so I'm like yeah I'm fine with just like vapor snagging some stuff it, it's not great but I just that's the first thing that comes to mind when I think of that deck you're looking for like pretty like you know not efficient well I guess it's a, an efficient answer person you know i guess but i don't know it's it's tempo removal rather than permanent yeah removal. exactly like the problem with vapor snag in most decks is like you vapor snag something and then they just replay it next yeah turn. well that's like, why all you did was delay the inevitable that's <laughs> why i like vapor snag so much in like the prowess decks because it, it was it was like you're not going to get another turn after this anyway so it doesn't matter if you play the creature right. again <laughs> it doesn't matter how many cards you drew if you don't get to play them <laughs> exactly exactly the, the red mage's card advantage <laughs> exactly so i get to play a little legacy this weekend too yeah i and uh, made made maybe the greatest LAL meme of all time uh, while I was at it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So I so I put Liam's Goblin deck together, and uh, we got a chance to play a little kitchen table magic uh, over on Sunday, and I I crushed him. He actually had a, a really good start, but uh, I crushed him, and then realized he flooded out super hard, and I'm like, why are you flooding out so hard? And I realized it was because when I when I I put I grabbed it because I actually went to go play with a bunch of friends on Friday night. We had like a little little get together. So I, yeah, thanks for the invite. Yeah, I'll, I'll explain. I'll talk about that later. But we grabbed the de- I grabbed the deck and I'm like, oh, it has no basics in it. So I just took like 25 basics and just threw them in there. Like 20, uh, might have been actually might have been 25 mountains and just threw them in the deck. So he had like fucking 34 lands with between mountains and wastelands and Rashad and ports. And like I'm like, why is this? Why is he? So he was flooded out super hard. Uh, so I didn't tell him that because I think it would crush him. But. Uh, but uh, if you haven't seen the meme of my of me crushing my son, Blue Red Delver vs. Goblins, uh, it's pretty hilarious because I took the I took a picture of his face. You gave him a thirty five land goblin deck. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I mean, other than that, it is a, it is a legit deck. Uh, but uh, I took a picture of his face when I explained to him what true name, true name Nemesis does and how he yeah. literally can do almost nothing to beat that card. And uh, his picture was just like it, his face is just perfect, and uh, I couldn't help it. Uh, but yeah, so if you want to see that meme, it's on the Facebook page. Someone made a, someone made a great meme about goblins and death rate shaman on there too. So that's on there. You can see that. Um, but then, uh, so earlier in the week on Friday night, actually, I, got, I went uh, to hang out with our buddy Ian and uh, a few of the uh, his old school. Well, I would say Alpha buddies, and we played some fucking Alpha on Friday night. It was yeah. it was sick, dude. It was sick. I got to play a handful of games against Ian. He was playing like this blue red control deck and i was playing uh like a mono black aggro deck and it was so much fun dude like uh just like a bunch of rituals hypnotic specters uh terrors uh black knights it was great it was so much fun i even had a uh uh what's that one in a black uh 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 vampiric tutor or or uh uh the tutor whatever the tutor card is demonic tutor. demonic tutor yeah um uh, so that was super fun, and then I got to play uh, a mono red alpha deck as well. So I just had a ton of fun. It was like uh, alpha is alpha. Like if it wasn't so rest- like the cost restrictive, it's actually a really fun format. Like there's a limited like window of uh, like there's obviously like a limited amount of cards to build in the format, but because like every card that you acquire is like a treasure, I I, I can imagine it's very satisfying to build the decks themselves. 
Um, yeah. And, you know what I mean? And, and just and just and putting those together, like I, I couldn't build an alpha deck, but I am going to build mono black and at least revised because it is just such a fun deck. And I can just jam that against. Like, I'll just black border a revised deck just so it doesn't hurt their eyes and uh, and just jam games with that. But it, it was super fun. So I highly and, and just like seeing these cards, man. There's just like oh, it was just it was just reminded me a lot of playing as a kid. And then, um, and then between games, I played some some uh, Legacy versus uh, versus Ian, and just like fetching, I'm like, ugh, I don't like fetching right now. I didn't like playing fetch lands. <laughs> I'm like, I have to shuffle my deck, like search for a land, and it just wasn't the same. I was like, oh wow, I can understand why uh, people are so partial to those um, old school, you know, ninety three, ninety four formats. They're just man, I I like. I was having a real good time. We'll just put it that way. I, I had a blast doing yeah. that. So, shout out, shout out to Ian and Jim and all those guys uh, for for letting me come over and uh, and uh, playing with their decks that cost literally more than my car, um, <laughs> uh, probably more than my and my wife's car. But uh, no, it was awesome, man. It was great, and uh, we just had a ton of fun, man. Very casual evening, hanging out, playing uh, playing Magic like a bunch of uh, high schoolers again, man. It was it was awesome. That's awesome, yeah. dude. I am jealous. Thanks for that invite. Well, yeah, I really appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's get into uh, let's get into some spoilers here because we have a bunch of core twenty twenty one spoilers. Yeah, and can I just say, Pat, this feels like a breath of fresh air. You so know? yeah, because I mean, uh, I said in the pre show, I'm going to say it again because I thought it was an apt analogy. Uh, Watsy's really been uh, no lubing us for quite a while now. Uh, the legacy format that is, and this is the this is the first time where it's like there's a set that feels like oh wow this might not just completely upset the format um, with a few overpowered cards. Yeah, and even beyond that, just like from a like a flavor and mechanics perspective, you know, core sets always kind of got you know the short end of the stick um players kind of complained about them and kind of called them like boring underpowered like vanilla yeah. magic but after everything we've had for the past couple of years like i'm like oh this is exactly yeah, what i want when you've been I getting nothing some... but like when you've been getting nothing <laughs> but like uh hand churned fucking specialty ice cream you know, like that, like some hipster is making in a fucking oxygen bar <laughs> on like one of those air cooled tables, and you got to wait for them to fucking chop up like lemon zest and fucking orange peel and scrape it up into a little cup. Sometimes you just want a fucking regular scoop of vanilla fucking ice cream, man. I want and, I want some supermarket brand dude, vanilla bean ice cream. I just want some cream. goddamn hood fucking ice cream, bro. And that's what this is. This is a big old scoop of hood ice cream, vanilla flavored. Thank you very much. None of that French vanilla. Just vanilla bean, man. Keeping it classic. And that's what this feels like. And so I'm, I'm excited for it. I mean, th- there are some juicy reprints in the set, though, which is pretty exciting. There are. They, I think they definitely turned it up. They're like, okay, we're going to make this a, a vanilla set. But in, in return, we're going to give you a bunch of really expensive reprints, we, uh, you know, which I think is great. Can we talk about the first one that caught my eye? And I'm sure it caught everyone's eye, which was Grim Tutor. Yeah, that's probably the biggest one. Like, that's the marquee card of the set. That was in port- Portal, right? Or Starter, something like that? Yeah, it was in Starter. Yeah. Uh, 19- so it hasn't been reprinted since 1999. Mm-hmm. So it hasn't been reprinted in 20 years. Like, it's been so long since it's been reprinted, people assumed it was on the reserve list. Because Wizards just wouldn't mm. reprint it. Like, I, when I saw it, I'm like, I had the thought, of like, oh, I thought that was reserve list. And like, oh, wait, no, it's Starter. Like, yep. nothing in Starter was reserve list. 
Yeah, so Grim Tutor's one black. So people, for people who don't know, because this is a card that doesn't see a lot of play because the price has been super high on it, right? It's been like a $200 card for as long yeah. as I can remember, and it's basically a $200 card that goes in one deck. One deck, right? So Grim Tutor, one black black for a sorcery. It's basically Dark Petition without the Spell Mastery. Search your library for a card, put that card in your hand, then shuffle your library, you lose three life. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it also costs two less than Dark Petition, but it doesn't have the, uh, the Dark Ritual tack on when it resolves. Right. So like so is that I imagine that any time Storm is casting Dark Petition, most I would say 98 times out of 100, they're getting it for the spell mastery. So they're going to get a a dark ritual tacked onto it. But they still have to get up to five mana to cast it. Right. I still I feel like this reprint is too little too late. Like I like we haven't seen a lot of Grim Tutor get registered because it is such an expensive card and because, you know, it's it's meh like mm-hmm. it's like you, you don't want to spend like uh an arm and a leg for what amounts to like a, basically a sideboard card or because how like many a, dark petitions does storm play one in a it's a one of so well this this could replace dark petition you think right no I, dark petition replaced grim tutor like people yeah. like well, was it a cost thing or was it just a better well card? that's what we were gonna see like yeah. i mean I, I i think it's a toss-up i think it could go either way i think there'll hmm. be probably some people who try grim tutor out who probably didn't have access to it in the past and now they have access to it so maybe we'll mm-hmm. see more people sleeve it up but i don't know i still think dark petition is going to take that slot yeah uh yeah you're probably right i i just i like seeing cards like this it's definitely a card that like an edh player is going to like to see right yeah i mean definitely this looks like a reprint for edh like yeah. it sees a ton of play in edh so everyone wants it so does this make it legal and modern now yeah it's legal and modern so, so there's was that. It legal and modern prior now because it was been last time it was printed a starter 99 okay yeah i don't know when modern goes to so that's something that to, to consider i guess if you're a modern player i think more relevant is it uh it's now legal and pioneer right i forgot about that format that's awesome i'm surprised you remembered about modern i don't think anyone even plays modern anymore <laughs> <laughs> um all right so that was the first free print that really kind of struck me um but we also saw like the the scavenging ooze reprint. This is like uh, scavenging ooze is like fifth or sixth reprint at this point. Yeah, there's also a really sick art of it. Um, yeah, I don't know what, what it's wizards called, but loves throwing scavenging ooze in corsets. Like, like they're just. It's been in a, quite a few, right? It not only has it been in quite a few. It's every time it's in a corset, they always give it the promo treatment. So yes, like technically, there's like twelve printings of scavenging ooze when you count all the promo printings. Yeah, so that's pretty exciting to see scavenging ooze. Uh, we also saw containment priest getting a reprint. Which yep. is sweet. Yeah, so Contamin Priest reprint. I mean, I hate that card. Uh but I guess of course. I guess it's good that people get uh you know, access to it. Fine. Just whatever. more copies to burn, right? I don't think it like needed a reprint because what was it like a twenty dollar card? I have no idea. It, again, it's it's probably just a card that what was it? It was in Commander prior, right? So I almost this feel, is just putting it into yeah. It's into now legal formats. and modern. It's now legal and pioneer. I, th- I feel yeah. it was more than more of that than a price thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. To a lesser extent, Rune Halo. Rune Halo mm-hmm. sees very niche play in Legacy. That's white, white for an enchantment. As it enters the battlefield, choose a card name. You have protection from the chosen card name. Yep. Um, sees very niche play, but it, you do see it out of uh, like occasional control decks or enchantress. Yep. yep. Um, also, another cool reprint is Ugin the Spirit Dragon. Right. Yep. Uh query and dryad is just another one i'm seeing us going down this list there's quite a few reprints of this in, like <sighs> every any, time like any you know corset a lot a lot of reprints 
Korean Dryad used to be like a top tier contender. It was basically one of the Tarmogoyfs before Tarmogoyf. Like yeah, like Wild Mongrel and Quirion Dryad as like mm-hmm. the two drop slots for green until Tarmogoyf mm-hmm. was printed. And I don't know, Quirion Dryad always feels like it wants to reclaim the top spot, and it just never does. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, and we're seeing the reprint of all the uh, the Scrylands, which is cool. So Silence, yeah. Mystery, Malady, Epiphany, and Triumph are all coming back. Yeah, that's more for EDH. Like they, those never really saw uh, legacy play. If they were fetchable, maybe right. Yeah, but, um, but I, like maybe, maybe. But if they were fetchable and came into play untapped, and then we just got around the well. list. <laughs> <laughs> what if they were just like the dual lands that scried one upon entering oh. the battlefield? That'd be cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be that would be disgusting. Um, yeah. Um, uh, Solemn Simulacrum, uh, another reprint that'll occasionally see. I mean, that's more of a cube and EDH card, but I've mm-hmm. seen, I've seen like random mud decks leave it up. Yep. Um, I think that was it for as far as reprints. Yeah, there go. might be there might be one or a couple that we missed, but I mean, really, like the reprints are the reprints. I mean, uh, I, I think we I think we I, hit the big ones. I have registered Baneslayer Angel in a uh, legacy tournament. I will say that. Really, I was actually going to mention that, but I'm like, ah, no one plays Baneslayer Angel. <laughs> yeah, well, it was. Uh, it's the finisher of choice in Moat Stompy, the, uh, oh, of the four moat deck. <laughs> of course. So if you got four moats, now that Baneslayer Angel is a little bit cheaper. <laughs> right. Yep. There you go. <laughs> we need to pinch pennies after you bought your four moats. Yeah, exactly. Get a cheaper Baneslayer Angel. Um, but I guess with that, you want to dive into the new cards. I think that's it. Yeah, for I have. A, I have a couple written down. Um, the first, well, so the first one I written down was. Conspicuous Snoop, which is the red red goblin card. Yeah, uh, I feel that's the elephant in the room for Legacy. That's probably the one most likely to see Legacy play. Yeah, so like obviously because Liam has a goblins deck, like I showed him a picture of this. I'm like, hey, I think we need to get at least four of these for you, buddy. Um, so it's red red for a two two goblin rogue. Uh, great art, by the way, fantastic art. Um, yeah, very flavorful. Yep. Oh yeah, it's it's awesome. <laughs> like there's just someone staring at a goblin who's like looking through the window. <laughs> yeah. Guys, his face and nose pressed up against the window. It's pretty. He is a like, conspicuous Snoop. If there's one thing that Wizards has done very well, it's like goblin art. Like that's that's the oh, reason yeah. why Liam likes his deck so much. Is like the, all the artwork. He just it just floors me. Thinks it's hilarious, and I never really gave it much thought. But like goblin Dude, art is so often just the best, perfect. The best flavor text is on goblins cards. Like the yeah goblin are like probably the most flavorful race in magic yeah oh yeah big time big time um so it's two two it's red red for a two two it's a goblin rogue you get to play with the top card of your library revealed which is cool you can cast goblin spells from the top of your library so that's like something like tar fire now it gets a little bit of a bump in, in goblins which is awesome um and as long as the top card of your library is a goblin card conspicuous snoop has all activated abilities of that card and so there's a cool combo that you can do with this on like i think it's a turn three combo with kiki cheeky bugger harbinger harbinger and mog fanatic where you can uh, you can conspicuous snoop uh play harbinger tutor up kiki cheeky and then just well i guess it would be a turn one mog fanatic and then just make a bunch of copies of of snoop and then just shoot your opponent down uh, which is pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, it's a two-card combo. Well, technically three-card combo, but, mm-hmm. I mean, you only need two cards yep. um, for goblins, and it's a win the game on turn three. Yep, so that's awesome. Plus, like, anything that gives goblins a little bit of a power boost is a, is okay, in my opinion. So, um, you know, I, and I've, yeah. I've only seen really, like, the the the, the mono-red goblins list. This would probably be in, like, a red-black list, but... 
Um, yeah, it's just it's just cool to see goblins get a little bit of a bump. I mean, I think mono uh, red black uh, goblins has definitely ha- seen some play history. Um, oh, totally. It's, it's definitely a deck that exists, and I think this definitely does push that deck more towards the uh, black red version instead of the uh, mono red or even like the red white versions that were in Thalia. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's good. I think Goblins has really been on the edge. There's been tournaments where it's come out up on top, and everyone's like, "Oh, is it Goblins time to shine?" Maybe. So if this is the boost that Goblins needs to like push it into being an actual tier one deck, I think that's awesome. Like, I yeah, think, I love, I love, um, I love. What is it? Not creature decks. I'm blanking on the term now. But tribal uh, decks. Yeah, tribal decks. I love tribal yeah. decks. I, I feel like legacy should always have like goblins, elves, and merfolk should always mm-hmm. be playable in the format because yeah, I think that's the uh, a real big flavorful part of Magic that a lot of people play the game for. Agreed. Agreed. Um, another card I want to talk about is Frantic Inventory. Have you seen this one? Uh, frantic inventory. Which one yeah. is that? So oh. this is like um, a one-sided accumulated knowledge. It's 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 an instant for one and a blue. It's draw a card, then draw cards equal to the number of cards named frantic inventory in your graveyard. So I know we've seen miracles play accumulated knowledge for a little while, uh, and it's probably it's one of those cards where like the only person who wins is the person who plays the last AK. This is kind of cool in that, like, it doesn't matter what your matchup is. You're getting the value and not giving your opponent any value by playing it. I kind of wish they had just printed Accumulated Knowledge. This is just, like, a less, like, this just feels like a dumbed-down version of Accumulated Knowledge. Because half the fun of playing Accumulated Knowledge, especially in draft environments, Mm -hmm. was the Accumulated Knowledge mirror match. Totally. Because this card only cares about ones that are in your graveyard, it completely gets rid of that layer of the game. Like, right. Like, just reprint Accumulated Knowledge. Accumulated Knowledge, I feel, is a perfectly designed card as is. Why do you need to, like, dumb it down? Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, not I even like... It's not even like dumbing it down to make it easier for people to understand. It's just dumbing it down from a strategy perspective. Like, right. you, they are actively removing a layer of strategy from the game by making this card instead of Accumulated Knowledge. Yeah, I, I, it's it's interesting. Um, I don't think it's going to be good enough, but uh, I don't know. I agree. Like, it, it, to me, it's just like it's AK without the downside, basically. Yeah, I mean, but ba- it's not nearly as powerful as AK can be, right? Basically, I only ever see this seeing play is if um, like accumulated knowledge control becomes top dog again, which very well could happen. I mean, that it was not too long ago when that was true mm-hmm. and people start playing this as like a meta way to like get their opponents. Totally. And, but like other than that, like next level metaing the uh, your opponent, I don't really see this seeing play over accumulated knowledge. If, uh, if, if not for the fact that people just really like their OG foil <laughs> accumulated knowledge cards. <laughs> right. Yeah. And no, I agree with that. Um, another one that's like legacy light card or, you know, like a dumbed down version of legacy is miscast, which is like a worse spell pierce. It's a blue uh, for, I wouldn't necessarily say it's worse. Well, it's, it's, it's mis it's blue for an instant counter target, instant or sorcery spell, unless it's controller pays three. So it's a lot like a mana sink. Is that what it's called? It's a more restrictive spell pierce, but it costs it it does it for three instead of two. Right, but like to me, so spell pierce is like I wanna I like spell piercing planeswalkers, I like spell piercing chalices. Yeah. Like miscast I, is like I mean, I guess you is it better than Flusterstorm? You know what I mean? Like no Yeah. That's the thing is like that's what people have been saying that this is like just bad enough that it's not gonna see play. Like right. the power level is almost there, but not quite. Like just 
just play Flusterstorm, right? Because I mean, because that's it's the same thing, and it just it's two instead of three for the first one. Yeah, I mean, this is probably countering stuff for more than Flusterstorm is. Like, there's definitely been times where I've wanted to Flusterstorm someone, but they had uh, you know two mana open and it wasn't going to work. Mm-hmm. But like, just the benefit of Flusterstorm because it makes copies and that you have to counter each of those copies individually. Mm-hmm. Like, if my opponent's tapped out and I Flusterstorm them, they're screwed. If my opponent's tapped out and I miscast them they could daze or force a will back. Right. So like, right. The, yeah, you're right. This is just kind of like a worse fluster storm. That's yeah, that's what, that's how it reminds what it makes me think of, but it's worth noting. Some people have, I've seen the legacy Reddit talk about it a little bit, so I'm not a fan of it. I think it's, but again, it's like, I'll feel a lot of these cards, like you said, Jerry are like, Hey, let's introduce some stuff into pioneer. Uh, and that's totally fine. Like, again, I am not looking for this set to have a bunch of cards. It's going to, you know, again, no lube legacy. I don't want that. I want <laughs> to. Uh, I want legacy to settle a little bit. We've had bannings. We've had a lot of upset in the last, you know, year and a half or you know, or sixteen months, or whatever. So let's just slow it down a little bit. And this is exactly what I want to see. A couple cards that we think will be playable. Nothing that sticks out as being completely busted. So, um, Jerry, why don't you go over a couple of the cards that you uh, picked out that I thought would be interesting to talk about? So I actually think this next one after the Goblin is going to be the most likely one to see play. Um, and that's See the Truth. Mm-hmm. So it's one and a blue for a sorcery, which uh, if this was an instant, I would say this is a slam dunk. Like, <laughs> definitely going to see play. But because it's a sorcery, eh, but I still think I still think the power level's there. Uh, look at the top three cards of your library. Put one of those cards into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. If this spell were cast from anywhere other than your hand, put each of those cards into your hand instead. So basically, if you're casting this from anywhere other than your hand, you're, it's a draw three for two. Mm-hmm. So I instantly think of uh, Snapcaster Mage, Shardless Agent. Uh, if you have some way to pump a Dreadhorde Arcanist, that's a possibility, but I don't think it's as likely. I think the the main pairings with See the Truth is going to be Snapcaster Mage and Shardless Agent. Mm-hmm. And people are even thinking that like this might be... Uh, enough to bring Shardless Bug uh, back because this plus Ancestral uh, Visions basically gives Shardless it's, Agent eight draw three cards. Which yeah, is, which is that's sick, pretty good. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Could a, you see like them cutting like Ponders or Brainstorms if that happens? No, I see them cutting him to Torak. Um, so we, okay, a big reason why like Shardless Bug is not been doing well. I mean, there's a there's numerous reasons. So like. At the end of the day, this still might not fix Shardless Bug's problems, but a big thing holding it back right now is Veil of Summer. Mm-hmm. Veil of Summer just, like, wrecks the Shardless deck. Um, and a big way the Shardless deck would capitalize on its card advantage is, like, it would do Shardless Agent into him to Torak. Yep. Like, that's some serious momentum. But with Veil of Summer, that basically negates that momentum. This mm-hmm. is basically a way for you to, you know, still get that crushing card advantage. Uh, without, you know, uh, exposing yourself to Veil of Summer. Yep. At, at the same time, though, like, there is something to be said about, you know, making your opponents discard cards is, can sometimes be better than drawing more cards of your own, you know, especially if you're against a combo deck. Yep. So um, I, I think that card, I think that card will see a little bit of play. I don't know if it's going to be good, but I definitely think people are going to experiment with it because, just because... Anytime you have a card that says draw three, people are going to try and bust that. Everyone's mm-hmm. everyone's yep. looking for the next treasure cruise. Right. Absolutely. Um, then 
you know, kind of other stuff here. I want to talk about I, I so I just think it's funny that this set has a dogs and cats sub theme. <laughs> so this these are the first dogs we've seen printed in Magic. Actually, did you know that? Well, the, uh, not yes, technically true, but not true because well, because the, we've had hounds before. And they're going and, back, and, and all hounds are now dogs. Yes, so Mara went on record saying they didn't want to print dogs; they wanted to keep them hounds. And everyone's like. Bro, fucking no one likes hounds. Everyone likes dogs. Why wouldn't you do the slam dunk? People love cats and dogs. Put them in a set, and they did it. They finally did it. So, yep. So, wizard, wizard, just getting the easy money when they put when they print cards like rambunctious mutt, which is just like everyone's favorite kind of fucking dog. Like, why wouldn't you want that on your cards? Like, it's just a perfect dog card. Uh, Alpine watchdog, another good one. I actually accidentally dragged one of the artists to the cards, but I, I didn't tell you about this. Uh, I was on Twitter and. Um, uh, Connor actually, who was on our episode last week, was like, "Oh, he was he like quoted this uh, Cynthia Shepard art of um, Pack Leader, and he's like, oh, I like this art so much." And I was like, "Yeah, the art's cool, but that dog isn't seeing shit because it's got like this helm on it, and the way the helm is shaped, like it's covering <laughs> its eyes, so it can't see in front of it." Yeah. And then I didn't realize he had tagged the artist in the actual original <laughs> tweet, and I wouldn't have said anything because I'm like, "I was like, yeah, the art's cool, but that dog isn't seeing shit." And she actually wrote back and she's like, "Yeah, I realized that after I had submitted the art." I'm like, "Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> it's still pretty good, <laughs> but it's uh, it, it was just funny." Uh, but yeah, like the, the the having dogs in a set is a slam dunk, man. I am a fucking dog person through and through so i like seeing dogs in the set oh, have you seen the alternate art for pack leader no oh my god the the alternate art is amazing it's like this dog in armor with a big cape fluttering behind it like it's superman oh that's it's the just, that's the one that's the cynthia oh, shepherd art that i talked about yeah i didn't realize it was alt art that's awesome yeah, oh the other art is uh this like like german is this like i don't know shepherd dog okay armor. but yeah that's hilarious uh let's talk about these planeswalkers pat yeah so uh uh so the only one that i saw that was that was interesting to me i think bosriket might have uh, some legs uh in some other decks but teferi master time was the one that really got me because the last few teferis that have been printed made me upset and uh again this is one that kind of breaks the planeswalker um the mold breaks like the planeswalker mold i guess is what i'm trying to say right so it's two blue blue three mana legendary planeswalker teferi you may activate loyalty abilities to teferi master of time on any player's turn anytime you could cast an instant so that's interesting right yeah um the uh what the question is the question is is do you still only get like one activation a cycle or do you get activations on your opponent's turn that's a good question um i haven't seen anything on this i don't i don't think really anyone knows yet i think the ruling is still out like people don't know let's hope that's not the case because then you could just like activate i guess you'd activate it every turn right yeah if you can get two activations a a turn like once on your turn once on your opponent's turn that significantly boosts this guy's power yeah so maybe yeah that's a good point jerry i'm hoping that it's only once you know uh but that's that would be difficult to even even with that though even if that's the case i still don't like i just don't see why i would ever want to play this over jace so you get to loot with its plus one it's minus three is target creature you don't control phases out um, eh. and, which is like bleh, right? It's, which, it's for minus, minus three, minus three, which kills it. Like right. Jace's minus one is bounce a creature, which right. it could technically could you know very well be better than phasing. Also, you can bounce. Oh, your bouncing own is totally better than phasing, right? Well, also like this, this Teferi could only phase creatures you don't control. Whereas Jace, like I, there's been many a time where I've like 
bounced my Stoneforge Mystic to replay it, bounced yep. my Snapcaster Mage for value. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, like, I just don't ever see registering a Teferi when I could register Jace instead. I completely agree. That's that was that's what I thought too. And coming in with three loyalty means that it's boltable, like out of the gate, right? So that's four mana for a boltable planeswalker, kind of kind of dicey. But again, not totally cool. Totally cool. Not yeah, complaining, guys. Keep it up, Wizards. This is probably great for EDH. If, they, if it triggers each turn, and like if it's a four-player EDH round, and I can get four activations of this in EDH, that's great. That, that's which, a great which, EDH Planeswalker. The way that it reads makes me feel that's what it means. That's what you that's get. That's what I feel that they're intending to do, right? But like, I don't why, know. Why I can't. Else, I can't. Why else would they do it? Right. So I, I don't know what the ruling is on that. I'm sure a listener will uh send it to us but um but as of right now that's that's what we know about it so yeah. um this basari ket though like that that it's very interesting but i'm just like where's garrick or not garrick uh where's gideon oh because gideon's dead <laughs> yeah gideon sucks anyway all these planeswalkers all these planeswalkers suck honestly, i mean this but whatever this is literally just feels like a 100 percent replacement for gideon where it's like oh hey by the way gideon's dead so we're not printing gideon cards but this is still gideon <laughs> yeah what happened to a johnny is he dead too no, I think Johnny's just been like in story limbo, and they haven't come back to him. Oh, it's weird. It's like they had like these five planeswalkers, and then they've just shed like they shed them, and the only two that you see consistently are like Jace and Chandra, you and know? Liliana, and Lily. I guess yeah. I don't know. Um, but this this Basari cat's interesting. It's one white white. It's it's Bosri Bosri. Uh, whatever. <laughs> Bosri sounds like a used furniture salesman. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Bosri cat. Basri Cat, one white, white, uh, three loyalty, uh, put a plus one, plus one counter on up to one target creature. It gains indestructible until end of turn. Okay. That's that's fine. That's a very Gideon ability. Very Gideon ability, but that's Mm. fine. Uh, Minus two, whenever one or more non-creature tokens uh, attack this turn, create that many one, one white soldier creature tokens that are tapped and attacking. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is kind of a win more, but that's like a pretty brutal win more for a creature deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's minus six is you get an uh, emblem with at the beginning of uh, combat on your turn, create a one one white soldier creature token, then put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I think it's I think it's interesting. Um, I don't think it's going to be good enough to see play. I still think probably the x number of gideons that have been printed in this mana slot is probably still better mostly because this guy can't be a threat on his own mm-hmm. um but i don't know it's it's fine yeah seems okay it, i feel like all of these planeswalkers i mean it is a core set but like garrick unleashed it's like come on guys this is literally just a garrick reprint like you're just, right you're just making a new planeswalker like this could have easily been the other four mana garrick like, yes these yeah. are so such generic abilities plus one up to one target creature gets plus three, plus three, and gains trample. Minus two, make a three, three green beast creature token. Uh, then if an opponent controls more creatures than you, put a loyalty counter on Garrick. And then minus seven, you get an emblem with at the beginning of your end step. You may search your library for a creature card and put it on the battlefield and shuffle your library. Mm-hmm. It just feels so, like, phoned in. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And then the Chandra costs five, so she's never going to see play. Yeah, it's irrelevant in red decks. I guess like maybe like a red Stompy deck might want it, but it doesn't seem very good. Yeah, and then this Liliana would have been good if she didn't cost four. So two black black, four loyalty, plus one. Each, each player discards a card, then each opponent who can't loses three life. So that's pretty interesting. Yeah. 
minus three target creature gets minus X minus X until end of turn where X is the number of cards in your graveyard. That's pretty good removal, but minus three is pretty harsh on that. Right. And then minus seven, you get an emblem with at the beginning of your combat on your turn, put target creature card from your graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. It gains haste. So good, eh. but like it's not better than the three mana Viliana, so it's not going to see play. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I think Basri Cat's probably the only one that has any potential of seeing play, and that's probably because it's going to be in someone's sideboard because they couldn't find their Gideon. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It could go in like a Soldier Stompy deck, too. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting. Um, there are some other kind of like build-around-me fringe playable stuff that's been interesting. Right. Um, Speaker of the Heavens, I think, is pretty funny. All right. So it's one, it's just a single white for a 1-1 one, one Vigilance Lifelink, and it's tap, create a 4-4 four, four white angel creature token with flying. Activate, activate this ability only if you have at least seven life more than your starting life total, and only any time you could cast a sorcery. Interesting. So you can, like, vial this in and create an angel token to block, right? Unfortunately. Yeah, but I mean, like, just it's a it's a one mana card that shits out four fours mm-hmm. if you have seven or more life. Well, yeah, but but you have to have at least twenty seven life. So what does this go into? Like, uh, probably not any legacy decks, but there's that like uh, Soul Sisters deck. Yeah, in, that's what I was modern. thinking too. Um, and like, people will try and play that in legacy every once in a while. Um, it seems bad in legacy though. I think that's unplayable. Personally. Yeah, it's really fin- it's really fringe. It just it just seems cool. Like not every day do you see a one one that shits out four fours. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then this Garrick's Harbinger is kind of weird, but I kind of like it. <laughs> Talk about it. So the mana cost and power is, is is almost there. It's one green green for a four three. And it has hexproof from black. Yeah, can we talk about weird- that? Is that the first time we've That's- seen hexproof from a color? Yeah, that just seems really weird. So I like that. I like that in limited because it sucks if you're playing like a like a, a mono black deck or like a black splash or whatever deck, and someone has hex poo, you know hex proof uh, or, or you know uh, protection from black, and it's like you can't do anything. This is kind of cool because like yes, you can't target it, but at least you can block it. And you can kill it in in, in combat, so that's kind of sweet. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, basically, it you can't use removal spells on it, but it can still be blocked. But yeah. I, I it's. Actual interesting ability, uh, which raised my eyebrow, is whenever Garrick's Harbringer deals combat damage to a player or Planeswalker, look at that many cards from the top of your library. You may reveal a creature card or Garrick card from among them and put them into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library. So when this thing connects, you're looking at the top four, choosing a creature and putting it into your hand. Right. Or or a Planeswalker. Right. Or, well, Garrick Planeswalker. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. But, like... That's nothing to sneeze at. Mm, like that's mm-hmm. that's a pretty good ability. I think yep. it's it's still kind of rough at at three mana. Like you're is it though? With, it's a it's a three mana four three. That's pretty good rate. Well, you're basically asking, do you want this or tireless tracker? Is what it comes down to. And it's well, like, I'm just saying. Oh, so I'm thinking of this in limited. I, I apologize. That's that's what I I wasn't thinking about this legacy. Oh no. So like this is basically competing with tireless tracker when it's just like. Honestly, I think this goes toe to toe with tireless tracker and the card advantage. Like. Its card advantage is less uh, consistent, but it's a lower cost. You're not sinking the mana into clues to draw cards. Um, and, but Tireless Tracker will get bigger than this. Like, uh, There's definitely arguments back and forth. I still think Tireless Tracker is better, and I don't think Harbringer is going to see play. But like, this card got real close. Yeah. 
Tyler's track also like that deck always has mana to dump into something, so it's not like it's a it's not it doesn't ever feel like a real cost when they're dumping mana into Tyler's track. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. I mean, like I said, don't get me wrong. I don't think this is gonna muscle Tyler's tracker out, but it's like if if R and D is is designing in that area, like they could definitely there's some tweaks that could definitely make this playable. Yeah. Um, Sublime Epiphany is probably going to see a slot. It's probably going to earn itself a sideboard slot at Omniscience. Mm-hmm. It's a modal card uh, for blue, blue, but it doesn't matter because it's Omniscience. He cast it for free. Uh, instant, choose one or more. Counter target spell, counter target activated or triggered ability. Return target non-land permanent to its owner's hands. Create a token that's a copy of target creature you control. Target player draws a card. Like, Omniscience is already playing Trick Binds and other stuff, so, I mean, there's arguments for Trick Bind because it's split second, but you could also have this take that sp- that slot just because it's also a counter spell uh, when you need it, and it, at the very least, it's Trick Bind plus draw a card. Right. So right. I think this will probably we'll probably see this in sideboards of Omniscience decks as a uh, Cunning Wish target once you have Omniscience out. Sure. Uh, what do you think about the Stormwing Entity, Pat? People have been talking about that. I don't see it. Uh, so this is the three blue-blue. It costs two and a blue less if you cast an instant or sorcery spell this turn. So it can cost, what, a blue? One one in a blue? Yeah, one in blue. Yeah, three-three flying prowess uh, when it enters the battlefield, scry two. So let's see. This is... I mean... What... what like, this goes uh, in like obvious, a blue red prowess. This goes in like a blue, a blue red yeah, prowess. Yeah, the obvious deck, which tr- choice think. is blue red prowess. Yeah, yeah, I just don't think that. I'm just trying to think of how often. I guess if you're able to cast True Name, you can play this card, right? So, yeah, casting it like it's not unreasonable. It's just is it better than Young Pyromancer yes. or Storm Chaser Wizard? Uh, better, better than Storm Chaser Mage for sure. Better than Storm Chaser Mage. Yes, but but is it better than the Sprite Dragon that we have right now, which is the one one? Cost blue and a red has flying prowess. Is that even seeing play in the prowess decks? Yes, but there's really just not that many prowess. Like I've seen people brewing yeah, with prowess, but it's just not because everyone's playing dreadhorde arcanist instead. Correct, correct. And prowess and dreadhorde. Ar- I guess dreadhorde isn't terrible at prowess, but um, it the prowess deck wants you to play more uh, bolt effects, whereas dreadhorde arcanist wants you to play more cantrip effects. And prowess doesn't. Prowess uses cantrips, but it's not gonna. It's gonna play four ponder, four brainstorm. It's not gonna play pre, three, two or three preordain. You know what I mean? So it's gonna play those chain lightnings instead. And um, yeah, yeah Dreadhorde's I much mean, more like Dreadhorde pushes you more to the the mid range kind of deck value deck, whereas the Prowess deck is really just about tempo and being an aggressive deck. So if if Blue Red Prowess comes back, Storming Entity, I think probably sees could see play as like a two of you know like kind of in that in that true name spot but outside of that i i don't see it yeah i mean the what's really interesting for me is that it has scry two to stapled on like Mm -hmm. that's very good like imagine if delver had scry two stapled onto it (laughs) like that'd be really good yeah i I feel if this had said instead of costing two and a blue less if it costs three and a blue less oh my gosh yeah so it was only a, a one power i think that that would that would actually see play but as is i just don't think it's good enough there's too much competition yeah i mean you know it's it's t- it's tough too because this is never going to be your turn two play right this is your turn three play but i guess a three three flying with scry two on turn three isn't terrible either so um i don't know it's it's not awful um, and if you ever have to wait till turn, you know, till five mana to cast it late in the game, it's does scry too. So it, it does help set up your next couple turns, I suppose. 
um, or at least clear off the top of your deck. So it's not awful in that. And and it's also kind of cool, like, you know, if you're locked out with, if you're, I guess if you're locked out with Brainstorm, you know, if you, you don't have any fetch lands up, it's kind of cool. You could Brainstorm and then put two cards back and then scry the two to the bottom of the deck if you don't want them. So that's kind of a cool synergy. If you don't have a fetch land, uh, shuffle away those dead cards you, you took out of your hand with Brainstorm. So that's something that's, I guess, worth worth noting, too. Yeah. Oh, another reprint we didn't mention is Azusa Lost But Seeking. That's yep. a pretty big reprint. Yeah. Is that is that like actually played anywhere, though? Uh, it is, that like a, be, is that like a... It's more of an EDH card. Yeah. Now, yeah. But it's still... It's been a very expensive. It's the two and a green for a one-two. You may play two additional lands in each of your turns, yep. but... One that I feel it's just a plan. I feel like we're going back to Kamigawa path. Yeah, well, we, you said that in the pre-show because we've seen all these shrines as well, right? So yeah. Speaking of, I was actually playing my fairies deck, and I went up against Enchantress in the leagues, and it was a shrine Enchantress. Oh, interesting. And let me tell you, when Enchantress gets its like lock pieces down, and then just like starts gaining like free value off of a bunch of shrines, like you could not come back for the, from that. <laughs> like he was gaining six life a turn dealing three damage a turn and like adding three mana to his mana pool a turn like i just like i couldn't i just couldn't keep up even with the fairies yep um so yeah it's interesting that they're bringing the shrines back and that we're probably going back to uh to kamigawa pretty soon yeah that's definitely possible um i've I've never played the kamigawa block i heard it was miserable but um it was very flavorful right but not like it was very low power, mm-hmm. so which it's almost funny because like imagine if we go back to Kamikawa again and it's again very low power because, because of, yeah because again yeah like, that would be funny. It, I'm gonna feel so bad because it's like everyone's gonna shit on it again <laughs> just like the first time, but it's like this is what we need, guys. Yep. This is what we need right now. Yep. Um, but yeah, Kamikawa block was super flavorful. Limited playing sanctioned limited was absolutely miserable because all of the word all of the card names were like twenty characters long, <laughs> <laughs> like they're all legendary. So like registering decks for uh, sanctioned uh, sucked. Limited absolutely sucked. Yeah, yeah that's funny. <laughs> um, another interesting thing, Pat, is they finally gave a keyword to mill. They did. Yeah, it's actually mill. Which, like, I mean. The the term mill has been around since uh what was the first was mill was millstone the card that first like had mill as like in the title that's the first one I can think of I think it was called millstone yeah that's why that's why like mill came about right so uh so I'm I'm glad that they well, have that because that well, is it's just the, like it took you long enough and like wizards is that like morrow's gone on record and even when we talked to gavin it's just like yeah the reason why we haven't made mill a keyword is we don't really know what to call it and everyone's like why don't you just call it mill mill and they're yeah. like. Yeah, but and then finally they just did it. <laughs> yeah, it's like sometimes you know it's the Occam's razor, right? Sometimes the easiest thing is the best, or the are mo- the answer is sometimes the most obvious thing, you know, right. the most likely thing. So I don't think that's what Occam's razor is, but I've been drinking a little bit, so fuck it. <laughs> Occam's razor is just the you know the simplest explanation is the usually the correct one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, fuck it. Cool. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's probably it. There's a lot of cool EDH cards in here. I yeah, I don't wanna, really want to talk about that though. I want I want to make a, a veto deck. I want to make my uh, my my uh, Sopranos themed veto EDH deck. Can, can we talk about Gourmand? Uh, where is Gourmand? It's, it's four black black for an uncommon. It's but it's it's spelled G O R E M A N D, 
And it eats, cre- it eats creatures when it comes into play, which is fucking awesome. Oh, and it's also a reference to uh, the El Greco painting of... Uh, I'm getting very reminiscent of uh, the Gre- El Greco painting of uh, Tartarus eating his children. Hold on, wait, I gotta look this up. Tartarus eating children. But, because, you know, if you have someone who's, like, into... Is it called Kronos? Kronos? Oh, is it Kronos eating his children? Yeah. I know Kronos did eat his children. Oh, and it's also not El Greco. It's it's Goya, the other Spanish uh, Renaissance painter. Sorry, guys. My art history is lax. The Goya... Damn it, Jerry. The Goya Saturn devouring his son. Oh, uh... That is a weird... Is it, this the one with the guy with the really wide eyes? Yeah. It's kind of terrifying, isn't it? I, it's strange that you go to his eyes and not the fact that he's eating a person. Mm-hmm. Well, in the, you, in the picture, you can't tell that he's... Oh, I guess you can tell he's eating a... Uh, sorry, yeah, all, I, all the picture I saw was cropped. And it just, you can only see from his hands up. <laughs> yeah, if you look at that fool... That fool Bro, picture. but those eyes are haunting, though, don't you think? Yeah, this is like one of the most famous paintings in the world, except I can't remember the name of the painter or its actual name. Eh, who gives a shit? I saw it in my mind's eye. So, yeah, forget what I said. Goya. I just came on a page called Divine Cannibalism. There's there's Satan Devouring Son by Peter Paul Rubens from 1636, and it's just a naked man eating the nipple off a baby. What? I swear to God, dude. Hold on. I'm going to put this in the chat. Hold and on. Wait, here we go. Magic art was satanic. Bro, this is not good. Uh, oh, yeah. And then after that is the one from uh, from Goya, Francisco Goya. That's ter- those Dude, his eyes are fucking scary in that picture, dude. So, Think, uh, I'm thinking I'm feeling an art review episode coming up soon. Better or worse than the art for Gourmand? All right. So Gourmand is great just because of the double meaning in the, in the name. So like a Gourmand... Is someone who is like a you know like a, a foodie, but that's spelled like as in gourmet, like gourmand. This is gourmand as in G O R E, like bloody and, and sinewy. Yeah. Uh, and Gore. basically, when it enters the battlefield, each opponent has to sack a creature because this thing eats it. So, and as an additional cost to cast a spell, you have to sack a creature. So, it's great in that when you cut when it comes into play, it eats one of your creatures. So that's why I think yeah. it's really funny. That's pretty cool. That's, I like I like nice little inside, card. not inside jokes, but little jokes like that. You like puns, Pat. Just just come out in a minute. You like puns. I definitely like puns. I think puns are almost the height <laughs> of comedy. Puns and like monkeys throwing poop is about as good as it gets. Yeah, so basically Shakespeare's right up your alley is what you're saying. Shakespeare was a chump. <laughs> uh, he was the king of puns, Pat, and monkeys throwing poop. Yeah, true, true, true. I'm still looking at this painting, man. I think I'm going to have a nightmare tonight. Yeah, did I give you nightmares? I mean, I don't even care so much about the body. The eyes, dude. The eyes are terrifying, man. You're just going to see those eyes. You're going to wake up in the middle of the night, and you're going to be staring into Bro, the because they're not, the like, on his head the right way. It's even worse. Oh, God. That's Glade scary. Was a good artist. When was this painted? What year is this? Uh, 1800s, I want to say. I'm going to guess 1834. Uh, let's see. Uh, 1819. Oh, nicely yeah. done. 1823. It took up four years to paint this, Pat. Four years to sear that into your brain. They probably had to put enough shadow so you didn't see the giant's dong. That's probably why. That's probably where he spent most of his time that, yeah, covering up the dong. In, probably. Uh, oh, also, the other, not that it's a good card, but uh, it's just funny, is Llanowar Visionary. This is it's basically like- what I look like <laughs> if I smoke too much and I just go down to the kitchen and just start eating everything inside of my fridge. Lanawar visionary or this, no 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 the, I'm going back to the Goya painting 
Uh, okay. Man, this is having like, a great impact on like, you, Pat. Just like, like straight naked on my knees in front of the fridge, just like eating whatever meat is in the fridge. Okay. Like, two hands. Right. <laughs> oh, Pat. I told, I just got down to the uh, multicolor. I f- totally forgot about a card that I actually could see play. Oh, this is the one you mentioned before, right? Yeah, the blue Neombi, white. Neombi Esteem Speaker. Yeah. Basically, it allows Aluren to run an infinite life combo now. Mm-hmm. So it's white-blue for a 2-1 flash. Uh, when Neombi Esteem Speaker enters the battlefield, you may return another target creature you control to its owner's hand. If you do, you gain life equal to that creature's converted mana cost. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically this plus a learn and cavern harpy equals infinite life. Was a learn playing white before? I can't remember. Yeah. For, um, Imperial recruiter. Oh, right. Okay. Yep. 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 So a learn was already running white. So this basically allows a learn to have an infinite life combo in it. I don't know how good that is. Like, I feel, why don't you just go for the win if you're already at that point? But I don't know. Maybe there, there's some reason to play it. Mm-hmm. And then I like our cat, cat and dog. Of course, they had to come up with a cat and dog uh, commander pat for the cat and dog set. Oh, is that Ren and Seri? Yeah, I mean, it, should, it should have been dog. It should have been cat dog, not dog cat. But whatever. It really should have been cat dog. Yeah, I, I really want this altered to be cat dog. Someone's done it already. I'm sure. Oh, one hundred percent. Also, not not to drag the artist, but the neck on the dog is like weirding me out. Like, why is it a giraffe dog? It like, is. It does have a long so neck, long? but uh. But some dogs have long necks, man. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Some dogs have long necks. Oh, I like how they're reprinting lore, squir- lore scale Codal. That was my. Um, oh, is that budget- a reprint? Yeah, that's a reprint. That was my budget card before I could afford Tarmogoyfs. Oh, really? Yeah, one green blue for a 2 2. Whenever you draw a card, put a plus one, plus one counter on lore scale Codal. Hey, that could could that go in like the um, the Charlotte deck now with the uh, with that new card? Man, if if they printed lore scale Kotal, if it just costs green blue, yeah, I it, I could definitely because you it. it gets plus three plus three when you brainstorm, it gets plus three plus three when you do that other card. The uh, other card you said was good. It's uh, actually, it doesn't actually work with uh, what's it called? Ponder. It doesn't work with ponder because you're looking at the. I mean, you get well, you get one. Yep. Right. Right. Uh, but see the truth. You put them into your hands. You don't. Actually oh, draw it's them. not draw three. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's but it does work with brainstorm, and it does work with uh, it d- yeah, ancestral it's, vision. It's disgusting with brainstorm because yeah. it's like brainstorm put three plus one plus one counters on it. That seems good. Like it costs yeah, three. Seems, like it's yeah, just, that's true. Like in a world of Tarmogoyfs and True Name Nemesis, when like it should the, have Death Touch, right? If you look at it, that should have Death Touch. That card. Yeah, it probably should have Death Touch, but I don't even think Death Touch would make it more playable. It's just. Mm. There's just so many good creatures, like, you really have to be good in order to see play. True. True. Um, all right, well, are there any more M21 cards you want to go over before we start wrapping up? Uh, then the other one, other one was Lanor Visionary, just because it's funny. Oh, yes. Because they yeah. literally just stapled Lanor Elves plus Elvish Visionary. Elvish Visionary together, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like it's same man, like, Lanor Elves is one green, Elvish Visionary is one, is one, is a green one. Yep. This card is two and a green, so the yep. mana cost is there. It's actually kind of great. Lanor Elves is a one-one. Elvish Visionary is a one-one. This card's a two-two. <laughs> right. And it yeah. This is the this is the child of those two cards, basically. Yeah. I mean, you literally just mush them together into one card. Yep. And much like the old adage, it's another uh, proof to the to the adage of uh, good card plus good card does not equal great card. <laughs> it True. usually equals bad True. card. <laughs> 
Is it a bad card, do you think? Yeah, I don't think this... Like, I don't ever see you playing this over Elvish. Yeah, three mana right. for a 2-2. Two, two. Yeah, draw a card is not great. But, like, ramp on a three mana card is... Not, is, yeah. It is insulting. Late, right? It is insulting. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this ramps me to five mana? I'm like, okay. Yeah. But, yeah, I think that's it. All right. Oh, wait. All right, wait, well, wait, 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 wait. There is one more, which I don't know. I don't think it's going to be good enough to see play. But I could see someone breaking this in some sort of combo, comboy way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liliana Standard Bearer. Oh, this art is fucking. Oh, this is a good one. Is this a reprint? I feel like this is a reprint. Yeah. No, this is new. All right, so it's new. But uh, I don't know. I just feel like I feel like this could be broken. Two and a black for a three-one flash zombie knight. When it enters the battlefield, draw X cards or X the number of the creatures that died under your control this turn. Like, I feel like this could be uh, in Dredge. Ah. So it's a a creature card that, you know, when all your Icarids or things that you've sacked to Cabal Therapy, like, you're drawing cards. It costs three mana, though. Yeah. I'd, like, don't get me wrong. Like, it's... I don't see where it could go, but it just, like, that ability just, just seems very powerful to me. I just like drawing cards bad, and this thing. I know draws you like draw. I know you like drawing cards, Jerry. This thing draws yeah. a lot of cards. Yeah, I, well, I guess if something awful happened, right? Well, no, not if you're like sacking your own creatures. True, true. Like if you if you have an engine that lets you like sack your own creatures or you know stuff like that. I don't know. I don't know. I gotta get this. I gotta get this image off my computer, man. Dude, you're having nightmares tonight. I really am. Like, there's no doubt about it. I am like those. I'm telling you, man. Those eyes are horrifying. <laughs> if you haven't looked up the, the Goya painting, look it up. It's terrifying. I, yeah, it's pretty pretty scary. All right, uh, all right. Well, let's let's start wrapping it up here, Jerry. Let's get into scoops and poops this week. Scoops. Who you want to scoop in the top eight this week, Jerry? Uh, this week, Pat. I am gonna scoop in a return. To normal with these core sets you know thank god we don't have another completely busted set full of just amazing cards that are going to ruin the format mm-hmm. so yeah so yeah. far <laughs> yeah watch there's some card that we didn't even bother looking at like it's a common or something and just breaks legacy wide open <laughs> <laughs> hopefully that's you know again it's nice to have the core set palette cleanser uh yeah I'm 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 a fan of it so yeah I just scoop I would scoop that in as well any poops uh locks poops on locks it's the locks fault you got locked out right it Jerry it is the locks fault no what no it actually is my it, the reason why is because I because when I got back into my apartment I found them lying in the middle of the floor right in front of my door is like I'd clearly like taken my keys to put them in my pocket and I just probably just completely missed my pocket and just yep. like rubbed my rubbed my keys against the side of my you pants did, you didn't hear him hit the floor <laughs> didn't hear i was too busy i didn't notice them hitting the floor and yeah like i literally just like rubbed my keys against my pant legs and then dropped them on the ground <laughs> oh man that sucks yep so poops on locks damn you know, what, what did the locksmith cost uh, nothing. I went to my uh, la- real estate agents or my landlord's real estate agent who had a copy of the key. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, all right. Uh, for for scoops this week, I want to scoop in um, Ian and uh, and Jim and uh, uh, Kramer uh, for hanging out on on Friday. I had a fucking blast. They were all super nice guys. 
we had a great time talking about magic, having a couple of drinks, and just and playing uh, playing some alpha, which was which is something I never thought I'd get a chance to do, and I had a blast. So, shout out to them. Had a really good time, and then uh, also going to scoop in Liam, who played his first game of Legacy on Sunday, and that was really fun. Uh, it's been a while. It's been a few months since we played Magic, so he had to kind of relearn a few things. But that was really fun to to walk him through it. He's very excited about his deck, and uh, as soon as things start opening up, man, he's gonna be my he's gonna be my buddy coming to tournaments with me. So watch out. Oh boy. Yep, it's gonna be a good time. And uh, I got I got no poops this week, man. Everything's going great. I'm having a good time. Weather's been nice, so no poops. All positive here. Oh, and just uh, real quick, uh, a special thank you to Connor Haley. Who came on last week? Uh, did that episode with us? That was a ton of fun. Um, it was you know almost two hours long and it flew by. It was I had a blast. So want to shout him out and say thank you to Connor. He's been he's been nothing but great to us and uh, and we appreciate the help he gave us in the last episode. Hell yeah! And it sounds like uh, we have uh, a history of pox coming in down the pipe, Jerry, in the next few weeks. Yeah, that seems to be the vote. That seems to be the vote. Uh, I asked the listeners on the Facebook page, you know, what our next history episode should be. And pox was the resounding victor. I was surprised. Mm -hmm. Um, After that, we got other things like uh, Maverick and Team America, which uh, we can definitely do those. Yeah. like there are some decks I just feel just don't lend themselves to history episodes, like mm-hmm. pile decks. Like mm-hmm. the history of pile decks is it's the best cards legal in the format at the time. Yep. Yep. There you go. <laughs> it's like oh, this year we uh, switched out this card and it was pretty good. Yeah, and that's <laughs> kind of how I feel about like the Delver decks. Like maybe yeah. we could do like a history of Delver and that would be I, interesting. But I would want to do a history of goblins. I think that'd be a fun one to do. Jeremy mentioned. I, did we already do a history of goblins episode? I don't think so. No, I thought we did. Pretty sure we didn't. Uh, there's so we've done blue white control. Yep. Reanimator. Yep. Breakfast cereal combo decks. Right. And there's a fourth one, and I can't remember what the fourth one is. Really? Hold was on, it, let me look was it, it up. It lands? No, I don't think so. Oh, we did do goblins. Yeah, we did do history log with Adam. Yeah. You're right. Holy shit. Well, I'll have to download that episode. <laughs> Remind yourself of that episode. Yep, that was with Adam Barnella. We did that back in. Uh, February of last year, I, dude. I just we've done so many, man. I can't keep track, but we did do goblins, so that's that's worth noting. We should keep a track of uh, that we've done goblins, breakfast cereals, uh, blue white control, and what was the other one? The fourth one, uh, reanimator. Reanimator. So, um, but yeah, no, no poops for me this week. Uh, everything's positive. Everything's, everything's great. Uh, I know I did a deep. I did a uh, question a few weeks ago about what else you want us to go to deep dives on. We'll probably tackle one of those topics next week and then have our Pox episode the week after that. So we got some good stuff coming up for everyone, so make sure to stay tuned and uh, tell your friends. Let them know. Hell yeah. Uh, all right, so I think that's it for this week. Uh, if you want to find Jerry, you can find him at JMEE3RD. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LALMDG. You can follow me at Pat Uglo. The stream is twitch.tv slash leaving a legacy. If you want to support the show directly, uh, it's always a huge help for us. You can find us on Patreon, which is patreon.com slash leaving a legacy. Of course, find us on hipstersofthecoast.com. Join the Facebook group. Uh, email uh, email the show directly, leaving a legacy at hipstersofthecoast.com. And as always, shout out to Justin Lutz. He's our audio tech sound engineer and uh dude he's been he's been so great for us i can't thank that guy enough he does a great job week after week um and also like uh last week he actually fixed my flat tire that i got in my jeep so shout out to him that was very nice of him wow yeah that's that's amazing yep without tools 
Just like just plugged it up with a rock. Said it would be good enough. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I, no, I, I, I respect his opinion. You know, yeah. He's the, he's the expert. He has a powerful beard. So I believed him. Yeah. I mean, as you should. As yeah, you of should. Course. Good. Of course. Good, good, awesome. Good. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for hanging out this week. We appreciate it, and we will catch you all next week. Bye. Bye.